Welcome to Leading to Sales. My name is Brett Williams and I am your host and I'm here today. Uh, I'm actually really excited about today because we've got a special guest who's a very good friend of mine. Um, I was just doing the math and I, I didn't mention this to him before, but I'm going to probably make both of us feel old because it's been, I think we met about 15 years ago, um, give or take, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it was, it was when we were both like four. So um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's when we met, we actually used to work together in sales in the telco industry and in the telecom industry, I'll say. And, um, had a lot of, we've got a lot of really good inside jokes. And I'm going to try to keep those out of the stream today so that we don't have to catch everybody up on all of our inside jokes, but I'm excited to have him on because, and his name is Steven Jarrett. Uh, I'm going to sit here and talk about him and not even mention his name, but he, he and I have been good friends for quite some time you know, through the years, through different jobs, we've kind of kept in touch in, in loose different ways. And he is now helping an awesome new startup, um, a new startup on the state side, at least, uh, really come into this market. And I'm excited to talk to to talk to him about some of the things that they are doing because they came in at a very, in what some people would call an inopportune time. And they've made um, a lot of really good stuff. So I'm not going to go through all of his stats and tell you all about him or all about what they've done. I'll let him do that. But uh, we'll do that right after this intro. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, hey, Stephen, how's it going, man? Hey, Brett, good to see you, man. What kind of intro is that? You're giving 15 years? You're dating us really bad there. I, mean, that's, uh, I, I like straight called us out, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, that, that puts it in perspective real fast. It real really fast. does. You know, it's it's yeah. funny because I remember going back to those days and it was just like, it feels like both it was yesterday as well as it was like a lifetime ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if you if you really, uh, when, when I start to think back on it, uh, the, not just think about where the world was. I mean, it, it's so different. I mean, we were we were talking about blackberries as the big thing, yeah. and, and you know, trying to find the uh, we will say that the fruit phone as we and maybe that's an inside <laughs> joke we shouldn't say, but how to beat the fruit phone, right? So uh, yes. you know, crazy, crazy to see how far everything has come at this point, and, uh, and it really is. It, you know, and I remember it's so funny, and I we're, I don't want to go too far down memory lane because that's not what most people are tuning in to listen to us just talk like we're just having a beer or something. But you know, I remember when the razor first released, mm -hmm. and you know, Stephen and I were were in the industry doing sales during that time, and it was the hot phone, and people were like. I mean, it was like five, 600 bucks to get your hand on a razor, <laughs> on a Motorola razor. And that, you know, that was, if you didn't, I would say 90% of the population had flip phones. And if you didn't have a flip phone, it was like a Palm Trio or a Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, one, the cool thing about that too, is if you, you think about it, obviously it's, everything comes full circle, right? History yeah. repeats itself. And so seeing the razor come back was pretty, it was, it was a highlight, even though I was no longer in industry. I was a huge, I was a huge fan of that. I was like, what a great decision. If nothing else, people are going to buy that out of nostalgia and just put it, it on the really shelf. Is. Oh you know? yeah. Well, and that yeah. honestly, when I saw it, I was like, you know, I'm not really a Motorola person anymore, but uh, that looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a marketing idea, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you, I mean, think about Motorola. I mean, when's the last time they had that phone that came out that really changed the industry? Maybe that, maybe that was it the droid that came out, the first droid. Oh yeah. That was a big boomer for them, right? That, but yeah. what a good job they did marketing then. 
And then you compare to what they've done also marketing there. I mean, I know that's what we're, we're talking about yeah. today and just keeping it, you know, I, I, even though it's memory lane, all of these things were moments that, you know, if you want to be smart about continuing to get better at your industry and learn and grow inside of it, history and great leaders are what teach you and keep you there. Right. And all of those moments in time and noticing how that's changed, especially with digital and how I'd love to go back in time and be able to remarket some of those things. And man, <laughs> what an impact did you make if, you know, if we really utilize social media, maybe even back then, then the way that of course we can do today. So this, pretty, this pretty is cool. awesome. Steve, Steven is leaving. Like he's not even, we're just coming right out of the gate. We're like a minute. Uh, so, in. Yeah, we're just, yeah, sorry. No, that's good. No, that's keep, keep good. it light. We'll keep it light. Right. Keep it going. We got Tiffany coming in. Yeah. I remember the first Palm pilot. Yeah. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember like breaking my neck to get to circuit city to get one of those. But anyway, um, so, you know, we've we've come through a lot of different uh, job changes and career changes through the years, and we've been closer in touch and further in touch. It's just the way things go. But um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little background and, and tell us about what you're what you're working on now. Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, I go back in time. Uh, yeah, I, telecom was really the uh, the first, uh, I would say, transitional job that I made. So I was actually in a, in a different industry before that, and it was more automotive. And, and really, and it's kind of I, managing and working through some different uh, pieces in the automotive industry really led me to say the technology on this is what's exciting, right? There is uh, there's some big pieces there, and I was ended up being recruited over to the telecom industry, and uh, and from there is actually, of course, when we made our connection within, gosh, what was that? Uh, six months of being there, I believe. So yeah, you hadn't been there long. No, no, it was it was, it was really quick, and yeah. uh, and you were a leader of mine, so I appreciate, of course, the skill set you taught me over the years. But uh, but it was uh, it was really neat to to join at that moment. And a lot of the and we'll get into probably a lot of this conversation, leadership, things like that. But seeing where that the 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 people side of it came in and, and seeing the evolution of connection and how digital came into that and each stage of growth there. And I spent most of my career in telecom and, uh, and that led me to taking the uh, taking the jump and leap into another technology company and going from a very, uh, you know, I would say a safe place, if you will, inside a telecom, very comfortable space and jumping into, of course, a startup was, uh, was definitely something that uh, I, I didn't, wouldn't have done in five years ago, 10 years ago, never yeah. would have had the confidence to do that. But because of leadership and training and, and really understanding how to do research and then getting to know, of course, my current organization, which is OEO, and, uh, and and getting to speak with some outstanding leaders, Abhinav Singh, Ritesh Arwal, my current leader inside the United States, which is Khazar Muscani, came from Uber. You know, there was a lot of confidence built there that not only was this a great startup company, but the future inside of it, of course, is is through the roof. And technology and really that that digital side of things is what pushed me to that. That's awesome. And you know what's cool is is you know I, I was. While I was in a position of leadership, whenever we were working together, the the cool thing about it is, is that I think I learned just as much from the people that I had the opportunity to lead. And it's so cool to see. And I'm assuming Brian works for you. I don't say I can't say I know Brian yet personally, but, you know, Brian says you're you're a true global leader, hence the world map. (laughs) So Brian actually was he's a huge contributor to help uh, lift OEO um, uh, from the start when we first came in 2019 into the United States. And, he, and so, Brian, thanks. Good shout out, my friend. Uh, and he, he actually has moved on to other, uh, you know, brighter pastures for himself. And 
one of the most phenomenal minds that I got to work with when I first got here and really helped move me into uh, actually the marketing field. And he helped kick off my start into marketing with OEO. So Brian, huge shout out to you, friend. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, what is your official title with OYO and, t and tell us a little bit about OYO. Yeah. So uh, head of uh, United States part of marketing would be the first step. So more the B2B connection. And, uh, and then I have also underneath my organization, which would be our global inside sales team. So we have a team that sits in India that uh, uh, reaches out to the hotels inside the United States and just introduces OEO to them as we're still new to the market, right? Yeah. We have a ground team, of course, that's here inside the States that handles sales as well. But this is more of that lead generation piece from a cold calling perspective. And so I lead that, that part as well, which is the reason why, of course, marketing digitally, as well as through any, many other different campaign avenues connected back to the calling makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you know what I love is that you're you're really more than anything, and, and we've had conversations in the past about the stuff that you're doing at OEO, but you're really a full cycle business development leader with what you're working on, really. Co correct, correct. And and we can get into some of the value propositions and things even further later on down the road, I'm sure. But what's been neat to see, and we're, this is fairly new inside the United States for us. You know, when we first came in in 2019, you know, there was there was a lot of momentum. There was a lot of build and we saw exponential gains when it came to supply and and also just building that uh, really that uh, that that value that we bring. And the pandemic, of course, slowed that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and just like any startup, uh, you know, you're going to run into issues. And and we did. And we would be the first to admit that and that there's things that we could have we could have launched, of course, better and we could have done more things more more smoothly. I mean, that's given. Yeah. Um, but the best part about this and, I, and this is a shout out to our owners that we have. And there's over 250 um, hotels in the United States that we partner with currently. And, and a big shout out to them is, you know, we listen to what they have to say. And then we're shaping and molding ourselves to tr truly continue to be that disruptor in the market. I mean, you know, you, most of these hotel chains have been in the United States you know, 40 plus years. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, we, we really came in and, and said, you know, we're going to do things differently. We are going to, we're going to keep that same consistent values that, that make us different because we're an India based company, right? That's what we yep. are. That's what we're based. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to bring in those values and connect with uh, inside of the economy space, which is our primary space that we, uh, that we, that we operate in. And there's a good portion of the, uh, the owner operators inside of the United States that actually have Indian descent. So we, we want to bring that same relationship to them and show that not only do we, we adhere to the values that they have, but we're listening and changing and evolving to what they have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's, what's powerful about that? And I can't tell you how many times Steven and I have been having text conversations and things like that. And he's like, hey, I've got a bunch of owner meetings today. And I think, I think it's such a, a principle that so many people that are in various forms of business development, in wh whether you're in the startup realm or you're not in the startup realm, is taking what your customers are saying to you and then actually ha having the flexibility and the willingness to make changes based on that feedback. And yeah. so how, how important has that been for you and your development and, and in your, as you're growing Oyo on the, on the state side? Well, I, I think I'll start personally and then we, I can talk a little bit more broadly about uh, the company itself. So personally, you know, coming in and joining, so I started in a supply role. So I was managing uh, a team of sales individuals uh, over the Carolinas and that expanded to the East coast before I transitioned to this role. And, uh, and, and one of the, the, the most amazing parts about getting to know the industry, right. Was how important trust was. And, and if you didn't, if you didn't really focus and hone in on that from the very beginning and really work to 
not just connect. Like, I mean, we're all used to doing, you know, old time sales, shake a hand, you know, build that relationship that way, sit down and have that conversation. But really it was the follow-up, right? It was the amount of additional uh, meetings. And, I, and I've, I've been so blessed to be able to build amazing relationships with so many owners, um, some that are with us and some that are not, that provide that insight back to us and, and help help to shape and mold how we've, uh, how we've kind of grown as a company. I'll also say that uh, the great connection internally inside of OEO. So one of the things that has been a primary focus on us through the pandemic was how to stay tight and connected so that we can we can limit the drops, right? So it's really it, a lot of companies have dealt with this. But when we went into the pandemic, you know, without having global like coming together and meeting together and sitting down together, using of course, you know, digital spaces to be able to do that. And I've got to say I'm very proud of all the organization that we have as a whole. I truly do believe that our, our relationship to each other, as well as then that translating into what we provide for our owners and also our potential owners is, uh, has been really great. So I, I got to say that's been it's probably one of the most exciting moments there. That's so cool. And you know what, what you mentioned something, and of course to you, you're kind of used to it. So you just kind of glazed by it. But one of the things you mentioned there was when Oyo came into the United States um, and tell me a little bit about that and a little bit about, you know, what you saw there because you came in at, uh, at a very interesting time and then found yourself in, in some facing some interesting challenges. Yeah. So well, we, we, we came in in early 2019. So that that's really when we made our first launch. Now we were not, I mean, when, when we're talking about this launching, we're talking a very small office of four people in Dallas, right? So, I mean, big global industry that that is OEO, right? That we have in, in, in the space of India and China and across around the world, very well known uh, in that segment, but not, not here, right? So, uh, you know, when we came in, it was, uh, it, it was I, and I wasn't a part of that. So Brian would know, Brian was there. There you um, go. But, uh, but, uh, but, you know, the, the difficult challenge they had was, you know, how, how do you, how do you take this idea of, of disrupting the market in, in a way that no one had seen? I mean, our contracts are smaller. The, 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 the franchise agreements are different. All the, everything that we were doing was so much different than what the industry was. And so there was a lot of, uh, a lot of hurdles that they had to overcome in the beginning there just to build, you know, to trust to say, look, I understand that X, Y, and Z company has been doing this for 50 years, but however, you know, here's what we can offer, which is something that they don't offer, you know, when yeah. it comes to the, the, the OTA management. And, and then again, oh, we can jump into all that good stuff, but, <laughs> but that, the, the difference that we really provide there is that uh, is managing some of the processes that we found and discovered across the world that were frustrating for owners that managed inside of that economy space. And, uh, and we've seen OEO and the other countries grow into the luxury space and do extremely well by changing some of those dynamics and some of the algorithms to fit that market and segment, but the bread and butter is still economy in the United States. So really when it boils down for those who may not be familiar with OYO, OYO is very similar to a lot of the, the hotel chains that we would know, but the right. different, some of the, one of the biggest differences is a lot of the value and a lot of the specific help really that you bring to those independent franchise owners who choose to partner with you. Am I, am I stating that accurately or am I off base? Yeah, yeah no, no, you're good there. So I, I think that, the, and this is the best way that I, I would describe it is in the United States, you have companies who are brands, you have companies who are revenue managers, you have companies who of course manage the, uh, the, the cleanliness of the hotel. You can, you can segment out all the things, right? And then you have the owner who either oversees all those things or in the economy segment, oftentimes is doing a lot of those things, right? Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and the difference in, in what OEO provides, say, to the other brands is it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a one-on-one connection there. So give, give you a really good case in point. I'll kind of break it up in these different ways. Um, one, so you're going you're gonna to have a, a much more in-depth sales process. So the, the, first and foremost, you, you're going to have someone who's going to be with you, right? Yeah. Even the sales individual is working. We, we, we pride ourselves on that relationship, right? We are always available to you even. And just like today, I, I, I'm, I'm no longer in sales. But just like you said, I'm on sales calls quite a bit because that's, that's, that's a connection back to those owners and that relationship that I built with them where I want to see them continue to grow. Yeah. And, uh, and there's multiple owners who have added multiple properties and it, that's a relationship that I want to be a part of. I want to see their empire grow and that will help me and also gaining insights of how to help other owners grow. Right. So I want to be a part of that. So that's part of it. So you're going to get a very different sales part and then you get an operational part. So you have someone who's with you 24 seven and the benefit of having someone or company that's based out of India is you get both time zones. Yeah. So you have someone locally in the United States that will help you through operational matters and things that you need. But you also have support then from the, uh, from India side. So you get both sides of the ball. And as we all know, a hotel doesn't close, right? <laughs> that, that never shuts down. So having that is a very different experience than, uh, than say others, not to mention you get a very diverse background then into the industry. So the, the and I'll, I'll break away from, and I'll get to my final point in a minute of a revenue generation piece. But because of that, you, you know, the benefit that I've had, is I can speak to people like you who are incredibly intelligent about how marketing works in the United States and what makes for a great connection to your to your potential, of course, client here in the States. But then I also get a connection back to say, well, how's it working in Indonesia? How's it working inside of China? How's it working inside of India? And you can bring those insights together and you can try different things, which is you talk about wealth of knowledge. What's better than connecting to some of the largest economies in the world to figure out how it works there? And then how do you bring it here? Um, and then on a revenue piece, so I'll jump back now to the revenue, which is most important to our partners, of course, is how do you generate more revenue? And that's where the, the you know, our, one of the biggest pain points that we discovered is, you know, the time it takes to understand not just what your localized market is doing, but then all the other hotels around you are doing from pricing, um, special events that could be coming in and, and things of that nature. So of course, using the power of, of algorithms and, and, and digital spaces and, being able to, of course, collect those data points, we're able to adjust that pricing more efficiently. Um, dynamic pricing does that for us, uh, much like you would hear. You know, you could you could compare it back to airline industries if you really want to, but in reality, it's so much more than that yeah. um, because there's so many more data points that come in when it comes to a localized market yeah. uh, seasonality. So what we do is we provide a revenue manager who connects with that owner, picks up all the localized learnings from that. And then we compare that, of course, to the overall broader regional market and then compare it to the national market and make sure that we add all that in. And then, of course, it gives us the correct pricing that we believe can drive occupancy and ultimately rev par, which is, of course, overall revenue per room that you can see generate for, of course, our owners. That has been huge for us during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And you think about who's, who's traveling right now, where are they going, and how much more research is being done. You have to collect yeah, those those eyeballs. And uh, the only way to do that is to be the first one there. And that's what our team does so well. That's so true. And that, you know, what's cool is, <laughs> and it's, it's awesome to hear you because you go through some of these points so quickly, because they're just, it's, it's how you work. And it's, and it's what I would call unconscious competence. But here's what you really, what you really honed in on. And I think this is so valuable. I mean, the title of this episode, I think is startup marketing. And, you know, it's, it's very applicable, but 
what you just talked about more than anything, and anybody who's tuned in before knows this is the case with, with me, is the perfect, I won't say perfect because there is no perfect, but almost the perfect marriage between technology and the human value-based interactions, rather. Technology and the human value-based interactions. And having the ability to really value your, your customers and your clients. Cause I mean, you know, John Maxwell says, and I, and I think this is going to become one of my most, one of my favorite quotes. John Maxwell says, you cannot add value to people until you value people. Mm. And that's exactly what Steven's talking about here is, is as their marketing efforts are going out. Yes, you have to have the technology. Yes, you have to have the processes and yes, you have to have, if you will, the, the determinism to determination rather to, um, to just keep going and keep offering regardless of what, what happens. Cause you know, OYO launched here in 2000, early 2019, like what you're talking about. But in early 2020, there were some pretty major events that hit the hospitality industry. Yeah. And so how have you seen that change the way that, that you as a brand have had to reach out and build those relationships? What, what have you seen shift because of that? I think the, the the key part, and and we can go down, of course, and just looking at what the industry tells us and what history tells us, right? So we all know that the 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 luxury segment will probably be the slowest to come back. I mean, that just makes sense. Um, so yeah. that industry tells us that, data tells us that. Um, you know, we hope and pray that that's not the case, but uh, that that that's what trends say. Yeah. So let's put that into our back pockets because that'll affect us on a global scale as well. I mean, we have industry, we have, we have luxury spaces in, in, in OEO as a whole. Um, but when you, when you, when you look back at it and you look at it from a, an economy perspective, which is our bread and butter, that that's the key. And, and what you said there about having a personal relationship is really what matters. There wasn't a single person that didn't struggle in 2020. I, yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I feel like everybody was affected in some shape, matter or form, um, and, uh, and, you know, that, that's not something that ever left us. And yeah. in fact, I can distinctly remember a meeting, um, where, you know, the discussion was not about, uh, survival. The, the discussion was how can we be helpful? And I think that's a big difference, right? And when, when, when you, when you think about that from a, from a big, broad perspective of, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen when it came to the hospitality industry and, and to be a startup inside of the United States, which is, you know, we, yes. We are, we are a great economy. We are a wonderful place, but we're expensive. And so yeah. <laughs> being inside <laughs> the United States is not cheap. And, uh, and so I, I was very impressed with every leader inside of our organization. And there were some very key things that everybody did. And, you know, I can, I can speak to the fact that everybody took pay cuts and things to limit as much as we could the loss. Yeah. There was no way there wasn't going to be loss. Um, and a lot of hard decisions had to be made just to make sure that we were in a position to come back. And, um, and I, and I, I commend our leadership team for, for not only making those hard decisions, but I commend our leadership team to putting us in a position where we can see some light, right? We can see us coming back out of this. And, you know, we've seen rebounds in our overall revenues. Um, you know, we're obviously the strive is to get back to pre pandemic levels and we're really close on that front. Um, that's very exciting for that, but ultimately for us, it's the goal of course is to continue to grow that's the bigger picture. And, uh, and the only way you do that is exactly in the way that you've been talking about, which is how do you then connect to those owners? And, and, and again, we did that through trying to be helpful and yeah. then really looking at ourselves. So looking internally and saying, okay, where, where can we improve and how can we invest dollars 
in that, those dollars that we do have, so that when this does end, right, <laughs> we will be in a position to help people. And we did that through our technology. So we doubled down into our technology investment. Um, we doubled down into making sure that our uh, the connections inside of Eternal, like I spoke of earlier as a group, we all stayed very tight. Yeah. So we wouldn't have things fall through the cracks. And then ultimately from that, we, we're at a point now where we're saying, okay, how is it that we can get ourselves back into that market space and connect with our partners and, 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 and bring them in to see the value so that as we go through 2021, not only are we increasing the revenues for our existing partners that we already have, but also we're showing that we can do that in, um, of course, with new owners and, and, and bring them into a tough time. I mean, 2021 is going to be a, a challenge in itself. But of course, if we can bring some folks in and help there, then yeah. I think that's only going to continue to, of course, build the momentum that we already have. It's so true. And, you know, there are two things that I want to I want to mention that you talked about. The first one is and for anybody who is tuning in and a lot of our, our listeners and our viewers tune in after the fact because you're doing work and I understand that. Um, and for anybody who's tuning in on the podcast, you know, it's as we're thinking, if you're in a position of leadership and you're in marketing, much like Steven is, and, or whether you're in any type of business development, one of the things that he just mentioned is having internal meetings, talking about how you can help your clients, not just how can you help your business stay afloat. And what I wrote down, and, and if you see me, if you're tuning in live and you see me writing stuff or looking down, it's because I'm writing stuff down is it's a culture of survival versus a culture of value. Hmm. And that's what Steven's talking about that, that Oyo has. And I know that there's so many other companies out there that are, that are startups, much like Oyo is and Oyo is in the United States that are in that mode of how are we going to add value to the market? And not just so we can get value or subtract value or take value, not subtract value, but, um, and that's so crucial. And, and, I think being in a leadership position like you are, Stephen, and, and and having that mindset like you've got, it's it's the difference maker, and it's the difference maker in that connection. And I know I said I had two points, and I don't remember what the second one is at this point. So we're just going to move on. <laughs> it was that good. It was that good. Exactly. Point, that it, exactly. You actually covered it all in one. That's, that's your talent level. You're the, you're ahead of everyone else. The the first one was so good. I'll just save the second one for later right. if it ever hits me again. <laughs> but that's um, yeah. So. When you're coming in and, you know, as because partner marketing, you're really focused around, like you said, that B2B, you're really focused on connecting with owners of those independent hotels to really help them, if you will, go the, take the next step in their business development, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that you have seen that Oyo has been able to come in and help them move the needle? You know, you've talked some, you know, you talked from a high level about some of them, but whether it's from a sales or marketing standpoint, what are what are you all what are y'all doing to help them specifically? So I, two two fronts. So let me make sure I understand the question. Are you speaking more of what a, what the value that we provide to our existing or how yeah. I'm connecting to our owners exactly? We'll we'll talk about the value that you're providing to the owners, and then we'll talk about connecting after. Okay. So <laughs> the value that we provide, and and I'll speak of one because uh, you know me, I'll ramble on. I could do this all day. So <laughs> this would I could make an infomercial out of this. So uh, I'll, I'll focus in on, on one key component, and, and that was back to the OTA management. And, and this, is, this is big. So a, a lot of our owners in the economy segment, whether it's a rural area, whether it's, of course, a city, more of an urban environment, there, there, are, there are challenges that you see very differently. What we do with those revenue managers is connect with them individually to discover what those things are. We then take that and butt that up against data. 
And of course, you have STR data. You have many different ways to pull data for around the hospitality industry. And those things come in. We make recommendations. We listen to what they have to say, right? And then we build the the basically the attack plan for that market off of that. Now, the nice part about that for our owners is it's, it's a set it and forget it type of mentality. That allows them to focus on, of course, they can do their own localized marketing than even more, right? So we, we handle that OTA management. We handle the direct channel. So we have our own uh, channel, which I'll, I'll throw this plug out there because it's, it's pretty neat to hear because it wasn't this way in 2019. It's nice to see it today. But we're the third most downloaded hospitality app. So OEO had OEO Hotels app. You can search it on your on your uh, Apple Store or the Play Store, wherever you of course can find it, and uh, and you'll see that it's 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 a great intuitive app. And and so our we can control that end to end experience as well, which is helpful. And there's a lot of brands that have that out there. But what's neat about what we are doing inside the United States is we always take the feedback, whether it's from the guest or from the owners, on how to make that better, right? And so cool thing is. All of that, of course, ties back in and it allows our guests to flow and be marketed to as well. So that's more B2C, but I can't help yeah. it. I love it. It's exciting to me. But of course, that helps them connect. So as we learn patterns and we can understand what guests like to see inside of certain hotels, we can re- recommend other hotels to them and, and really keep a good, solid relationship built there with the guest. And then, of course, not just the brand, but then the owners themselves at the hotels. Now, coming off of that, one of the frustrating parts for owners is managing this process. It, it's it's a lot to change on even your commonplace OTAs, whether that's booking or Expedia. That that that's cumbersome in itself. So, so right? Tell me, tell me real fast. You're 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 using two two acronyms. And I want to make sure that we define them for people: OTAs and then STRs. Sure. So STR is just a, a it's a commonplace term of how we collect data in the industry. So okay. that one you don't have to worry, but that's literally you download it, you get your data points from that, and it just shares what the localized hotels and areas are doing from a revenue perspective. So okay. um, now the other one, OTAs, is online travel agencies. So okay. think of it as Expedia, Booking, Travel Ops, those different pieces from there where you would find uh, Airbnb, of course, just launched, which we're excited to be a part with, with Airbnb. Um, and, and what we do where most, most hoteliers, particularly in the economy space, will either not be on OTAs and they're just driving things through their own website or they're on one or two, but they don't manage the portfolio of them. So a big thing that we do is we manage our 10 plus OTAs and we're constantly adding more And and what that does is it allows there's certain uh, segments of travel that use particular, of course, online travel agencies. By us being so broad and having so many of them there, it allows it to blanket for blanket for our our owners, those guests that could be traveling through for those reasons. So it, it gives us gives them more visibility and it gives us, of course, the ability to be able to offer and attract new guests into our world, which would be the world of OEO, and give them that that experience that we want them to have. Now, I'll also segment off of that and say that we we work directly with several businesses. So this is not my channel again. But we also, of course, we have a, a, a B2B department, if you will, beyond mine, that, of course, attracts the businesses and signs up business accounts. And, uh, you know, Kevin Roman is the one who does that. He's phenomenal. He's, he's a great leader in himself, someone you should talk to probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, but, he, uh, but he, his team has done an exceptional job, of course, bringing in that segment into yeah. the United States as well, which, again, that, you know, that didn't exist when we first got here in 2019. And he's done an exceptional job of having that. So now our hotel owners also have, of course, that, uh, you know, and, 2021 with the pandemic, we'll see exactly how much travel we get yeah. right inside of that, that commercial business. Um, but we're very optimistic and we've seen that the areas that we are targeting are some of those essential businesses. So we are seeing the return on our investment that we've done so far there. 
And it's very encouraging that, uh, that, you know, we're, we're talking about truckers and that industry, of course, there. Also, yeah. of course, the oil and gas industry is a big one that's never going to stop, right? And yeah. so we've been able to really tap into some of those markets. And I won't use all the names, but if you're interested to know, you can always, of course, uh, sign up and we'll uh, we'll give you a nice presentation on exactly what that can look like. <laughs> and you know what's, what's awesome about that is that what you're really doing, <clears throat> excuse me, is you're helping... It's really almost solopreneurs. I mean, a lot of these mm-hmm. these smaller independent hotels are solopreneurs for the most part. They may have a small staff, but it's very small. And you're helping them put a lot of the same marketing and sales processes in place that the big boys get to have. You know, mm-hmm. the the multi million dollar hotel chains. The like you're talking about. You know, even just the the luxury side of things. And you're helping them be able to reach their market and consistently follow up with their market and things like that. And I don't think that's something that really as a whole um, is feasible to implement on your own unless you've got a a pretty good chunk of cash cash rather that you're ready to put into it as an independent, right? No, that's that's 100% correct, and uh, and I and I think that's a, that's a big piece of this, right? When when we say economy sector, there's there's multiple brands. You, you mentioned independent, and then there's multiple brands, and and really w- what we discovered is, you know, you, even the brands don't provide that same level of of intensity, right, and that help, okay. right, that connection, and so it it doesn't matter if you are the, the you know if you want to consider just an entrepreneur inside of the hospitality business, our goal is to help you grow in the way you want to grow. So if you want to add additional hotels, we're going to be there for you. Uh, I won't use the individual's name because I didn't get his permission, but one of my one of my one of my close, I'll call him a friend at this point inside of the industry. Um, we've seen them grow to four total hotels at this point. And, and, and this is an individual I speak to regularly. And, uh, and and he really gives that statement back to say that it's it's the way you allow me the freedom to have these multiple hotels is what gives me that, right? He, he, he can manage that through his own individual owner app so he can follow along what the, what, what's happening inside of the hotel, whether it comes from revenues or guest traffic, things of that nature. The, the overall experience the guests are having is tracked on that. You can see hospitality. So you understand, or hospitality, but housekeeping, so he understands whether or not everything's getting changed out. So that's the technology side of it that we give to the owners to give them that freedom and flexibility to be a big owner right? Even if at the time it's a small space. And, uh, and of course, I'm really excited to see uh, just exactly where uh, we can grow, not just with that owner, but so many others in 2021. As um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough industry for the hospitality industry, but it's also going to be a great opportunity for the individuals in the industry that can grow because yeah. there's going to be a lot of opportunity to do that. If you're a, if you're, if you're an owner that has the ambition to, of course, of course have a large portfolio. Yeah. And that's, I love that. Be a big owner, even in a small space. Um, I, I mean, I think that could be, that could apply in so many different realms and that's not just in the, in the, uh, hospitality industry. That's if, wow, take that and use that in your, in your job and in your company. And if you don't, uh, if you don't grow Sue Steven or something, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, can, you can contact you on LinkedIn. You can just reach out to me and say, what are you talking? It even make any sense. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that. Be a big owner, even in a small space. Um, I may just like have to have that framed and put on my wall somewhere. Um, <laughs> hashtag Steven Jarrett. I'll, I'll autograph <laughs> it for you. If and yeah. when we can ever actually see each other. I'll exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'll need, I'll need the autograph. I'll need the, yeah. the uh, Sharpie autograph. So, as you know, as we're coming here um, toward, you know, starting to kind of wind down some, um, 
you all are offering a lot to owners right now and and you're offering a lot to help the owners that will let you help them um, and frankly you know you offer a lot of value in the industry as a whole so tell us a little bit about how how owners could reach out to you um, how they can contact you I do have for those who are listening on podcast later um, the link below I will ha- put in the show notes um, it is partner.oyorooms.com um, that's o-y-o-r-o oyorooms.com. I'll put that in the, uh, in the show notes for the podcast so you can have access to that, but tell us a little bit about how they can reach out to you and, and what they, uh, what may want, may, what may make them want to reach out to you. So I think the two points and, uh, and I'll, I'll keep it to two because again, I'll info for you. <laughs> uh, the first one would be, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in, interesting at just seeing what the possibilities are and, and, and think of it in, in this, in this context, and, and I'll speak very industry specific here. So for the rest of your guests that are listening, I apologize. <laughs> but if you're, if you're focusing on saying, I, I'm interested in, in wanting to know how I can better, not just market my hotel, but how can I just improve on the, the key areas of the business of hospitality, which is, of course, guest relations, right, visibility, and of course, overall, of course, revenue management. If those are the areas that you're saying, you know what, I'm interested to just see what's possible. We provide a free business assessment. You can reach out. You can go to that website, right? That was listed by Brett. You can fill out a, a, a very quick form. It's it's hassle-free. Someone will reach out to you. We'll ask you some very key questions about your localized hotel. And then we'll bring that data to you. And there's no charge for that. And if you like what you see, we continue down the process. If nothing else, you learned an interesting amount of ways that you could expertly help yourself, whether that's lighting in your hotel of how it's marketed online. We will share those things. We give it to you for free. Whether you're just interested in knowing what the localized area kind of sees of you, we share that with you. So you'll get a lot of insight. And if I get to join that call, I'll talk to you. So I get to jump on several a day. So it, it, it could be us talking. So it'd be fun. But, uh, but it would be, that's, that's kind of the start of it. If, if you're an owner right now and you're interested in growing, now this is, this is a great opportunity. If you want to see and learn how you can have multiple assets underneath you and how you can have more digital control so that you can do some things inside of your life that you might have wanted to do. In 2019, we had a tagline, which was living the good life, right? That was the tagline of 2019. And, uh, and it can really carry over, even though 2020 was a tough one. The freedom and flexibility that digital provides you We'll give you that space. And our technology helps support that. So if you're just interested in saying, you know what, I have five or six hotels, I have 10, I had one or had 40, you know, that, are, that they want to see what could be potential there, reach out too. I mean, pick out one of your hotels of the group, have analysis on it, and then let's have a conversation. And worst case scenario for you, you lose about 30 minutes of your time. And I guarantee you when you're done, you're going to realize that there were some key areas that we you might have forgotten about in the busyness of life or the chaos of 2020 that you'll make your business better. And, and that's ultimately the goal that we all grow back inside of this industry and that the hospitality industry comes back stronger than it ever has before. And we have to do that together. We can't do that individually. So true. And that, I think that's growing back as a whole. I mean, I think as, as not just a nation, but as a world right now, and I'm sure you're seeing that, you know, on the OYO front more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I will, I'll give a, a big, big shout out to just on the global team in general. So I won't throw out all the names, but uh, you know, a lot of support again. So for anyone that's listening around the world, cause I know I blasted this out on our, on our LinkedIn page and several other <laughs> places, um, you know, we, we, we all are working together hard 
And it doesn't matter if you're a partner in China, India, Indonesia, in uh, you know Latin America, or of course in America. The whole goal here is that we all we we all we all provide a great experience for our guests, and ultimately we all are working together on how to figure out this thing and through safety standards and everything else to make sure that we are being the leading light, right? And uh, and doing things to help. So that's, that's a so big deal. I, th- I think that's I think that's the perfect note to to begin to close on because that's when as we're coming out of this, that's, that's the attitude that we've all got to take is, mm-hmm. is uh, where are the areas that we can help and how can we lead from where we're at? Cause you can't lead from where you're not at, but as we're growing back and leading from where you're at and making sure that we're taking new ground. So before we close out, firstly, thank you so much for coming on. I know you've got a very hectic schedule as you're helping a lot of these uh, owners try to, or continue to work to recover during these times. So um, before we close out, what last words would you have for people? And this is, this is going to be more career advice because this is live streaming on LinkedIn. You know, you have, I, I watched a portion of your career. I haven't watched all of it, but you started at a very entry level point, you know, in, in life and in, and in your career in business. And you have grown to uh, and really exponentially. I mean, you know, most people wouldn't believe um, <laughs> how Stephen and I used to act 15 years ago versus how we are now. He's laughing a lot because he's he's having memories right now. Um, <laughs> what uh, what words of advice, words of wisdom would you leave with those people that are, you know, right now in some of the most trying times that we've seen in a long time, entering into the job market, or they've just in the very early stages of the career as they're growing, what, what kind of words of advice or wisdom would you leave with them before we sign off? I, I think it's, 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 it's difficult to, and I'll, I'll put it in this perspective because, uh, you know, uh, I was, I was one of the blessed ones that didn't go through a loss in 2020 when it came to my job. And, um, I, I think that desperation can set in sometimes when you're in those moments and, and it's a cliche term, but don't choose don't choose a, a, a location.